to down the slope. I don't know why I've got a smile on my face because Hibs were absolutely pish at the weekend. We got battered 3-0 by Rangers, but um, unfortunately... 3-1, you can't mate. Make it. What? It was oh, for fuck. Oh, I was, I was going to restart the episode, but you know what? It's funny. I actually left the stadium thinking we got beat 3-0 because I left with like two minutes to go and then I was just... Um, I was actually messaging Leah and then um, she was like, oh, I heard it was 3-1. That's not too bad. And I was like, what do you mean it was 3-1? And I looked, I was like, oh, yeah, we actually scored a goal. Um, so yeah, next thing you know, uh, we, actually, we actually didn't uh, get beat 3-0. We got beat 3-1. So that shows how much I know. Even though I was at the game, I got it wrong. But you heard the lovely Liam's voice. Liam, how are you doing? I was all right until that really long, long-winded story, mate. To be honest, <laughs> can, can we get on with it? <laughs> okay, goodness. All right, Liam's getting skipped. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right. All right. All things considered, I. All right. All right. And Greg, you're subbing in for you in this week, who we thought was going to be late because he was working. I'm not subbing in for him. Are you kidding me on? <laughs> <laughs> That's not like for like. Um, yeah, no, I was okay up, until until I heard that Leah said three ones not too bad. Let's get it right. Three ones unacceptable. I, I think that was uh, kind of trying to soften the blow a bit. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, result not great. Three one, not three nil. Um, but yeah, what one request we had um was to kind of go through each of the players and give them ratings. And unfortunately, we're going to start from the back to the front. So starting with David Marshall out of ten, uh, Greg, we'll come to you first. What are you giving David Marshall? Negative five. Very generous this week, Greg Liam yourself. Yep. Yeah, three. Ryan, two. Fair. Just so it's not too repetitive, we'll just give you a play each from now. All right. Um, Liam going for Cadden. Oh wait, no, he didn't start right <laughs> back. Uh, CG Egan yeah, Riley. Riley. Five. Greg, we'll give you Paul Hanlon. Six. Ryan, we'll give you uh, Wallfish. Four. Could have done better with one of the goals. I don't think Stevenson really done anything I've got him like a six and a half there you go Stevenson good on you mate um, Josh Campbell we'll go back to Liam three uh, same as Marshall he was chronic Marshall yes. made one mistake how many mistakes did Josh I'd Campbell I'd say maybe two because that, that Hadji goal wasn't exactly great was it was it a mistake fair enough <laughs> um, alright Ryan we'll give you Jago because I don't want to know what number uh, Greg would come up with four um, Greg Newell four four for Newell I thought Newell actually had an alright game to be honest I thought he was okay but um, just like, wasn't a good deal round to be honest that, the absolute ceiling I would say was Joe Newell I give him a seven myself but fair enough Greg um, seven like, seven and a 3-1 home defeat I don't think so Harry it's not his fault. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already stretched at a five or a six, but certainly on seven anyway. All right, goodness. Um, Liam, <clears> we'll <throat> give you a Yuan. Mm, good first half. Uh, five. Uh, Ryan, you can take Nisbet. Two. Like the petulance he showed there on Sunday. He was in the huff. He was in the huff big time, and he just doesn't play when he's in the huff. So he'll get two. Yeah, and can I ground us off with Cadden? I can't be bored doing subs. Um, a promising five, I would say. But he was actually, he was actually pretty good to be fair, especially in the first half. So, would you have had him as our man of the match over you? Um, I'm going to get on gets man of the match yesterday. Yeah, no, me fair. for sitting through it. <laughs> That's man of the match. Not me for having to travel seven hours to get home afterwards because I train pitch. Um, That's your job. I, I suppose that is. Um, but now we're going to move on to Harry's favourite part. So we actually got quite a lot of questions to get through, guys. So let's kind of let's dive straight into it. Um, so as always happens, and as we always say when there's good results, as soon as the tables turn, people are going to ask us, what is happening with Lee Johnson? So MJN is up first and they said, can we acknowledge this season's a complete failure? I personally believe fifth place is an embarrassment, sign of a terrible season. If it's sixth, then it means some Diddy teams finished above us and the manager should be sacked. Hibs fans need to raise their standards big time. Um, so if if we finish fifth, is it a complete, well, essentially is this season a complete failure? I think it's fair to say if we win the next two games and somehow finish 
at fourth or above, then it's an absolute success. But uh, or maybe a success, not absolute success, and finish fourth. Um, but I would say is fifth or below fifth or sixth is that a complete failure? Is what what word would you use to describe last season if fifth is an embarrassment? A total and absolute embarrassment of the man. I mean, Mike, I, I, look, I've, I've, I've been very critical this season of our performances in the Cups and ultimately what that means for what the expectation should be in the league. But I think to call fifth an embarrassment's a bit, a bit of a stretch. It, it's, it's not good. An embarrassment, I don't know. It feels very extreme to me. Um, Ryan, like I would say, from the from the position we were in after the Saint Murren game, and then the performance we put in after Aberdeen, I think it's fair to say that sixth place would be a massive disappointment. Yeah, I think the the fact that things were kind of in our own hands, especially with the performance that we put in against Aberdeen, kind of missed the boat with that one. Should have taken three points, and then yeah, we really really let the fans down there on Sunday. So it would be bitterly disappointing to miss out on European football at any form. Um, the next couple of questions are quite samey, um, so I'll kind of bang them at you at once. So Jamie Boy said, has your opinion changed on Johnson in or out, especially if we lose the next two games? Personally, not the least bit confident in him being in charge of the rebuild that is badly needed. Um, Dan Taylor said, do you think the manager is brave enough to make positive changes on Wednesday night? Who would you like to see come in? Um, and then Keith Haggart said, if results don't go our way, i.e. finishing sixth, do you see Lee Johnson surviving? So I don't think we really touch on the Lee Johnson surviving. I think as a yeah. like we've kind of touched on it a few times on the pod and we think that regardless of where we finish the season, the board's kind of shown enough faith that Lee Johnson's going to be here. Um so whatever our opinions are, it's kind of irrelevant at that point. I think minimum he gets to at least maybe like 10 games into the next season. We can take a rain check then. Um, but do you think he's brave enough to make positive changes? Um, and then Dan Taylor highlighted the likes of Miller at right back so we can Riley can play in the six. Do you think Lee Johnson will actually change the formula or do you think he'll stick to his guns? Greg, we'll come to you first. In terms of Wednesday night, I'd like to see him change. I think that move Miller into right back, Egan Riley um, into holding midfield and, and Doyle Hayes for Campbell as well because Campbell at the moment just looks absolutely exhausted. Um, so I, I, that's the changes I would make. I wouldn't change anything else, but that's the changes I would make. Um, I think he talks a good game, and I know I can't believe I've said that after some of the shit he said this season, but I think it was yesterday after the game he said if, if players aren't going to give it everything, then they won't be here. But So he ultimately needs to back it up, and if he goes in with that mentality, then he will be strong enough to, to oversee the rebuild. But the rebuild's not just from him. Um, obviously, Brian McDermott plays a part in that rebuild. So I think we do need to get rid of players. There certainly needs to be players under contract that need to need to go. Um, whether he's brave enough or not to do that, he needs to have a certain type of mentality about him. And Liam, um, Greg's just mentioned McDermott there. With him coming in as a director of football, does it give you a bit more faith for the summer ahead? <clears throat> I think so. I think so. I mean... I don't have, there's not really any past experience of Brian McDermott in this role that you can be completely uh, completely confident. But I think you have to give everyone, you know, a bit of good faith and, and, and hope that he gets off to, you know, a, a good start in his first window. I think it's good that he's been brought in now. I would like to have him had him in place a bit earlier. I think the club have been really clear, though, in the explanation as to why he wasn't brought in earlier. Um, with some sort of unforeseen events. But uh, I, I think I've got more faith because I think the manager needs to really be focusing on getting the team and the playing squad ready for the beginning of the season. I would like the director of football to focus more on the bigger picture stuff, um, not just beyond this season, but, but the seasons to come and what is kind of a, a squad that is is an ageing squad, really, if you look at who, you know, who are best and, and, and most important players are who pick up most of the minutes. It's, it's very much an ageing squad. Um, and then Ryan, feel free to chime on on that. But look, Cunningham asks, should we do something completely mental for next season, like bringing in a rugby coach or something as the head coach? Because I mean, all these managers that the board are bringing in don't aren't are bringing in aren't doing much, so might as well have a laugh. So let's change that. Who in the Irish world of sports uh, would you bring in as head coach that you think would get Hibs riled up for next season? Jim McGuinness. 
took Donegal from third division league football to win an All Ireland in eighteen months. Absolute hero, absolute hero, man. If anybody hasn't heard of him, look him up. Honestly, he's a legend. The smile that is currently on Ryan's face, if you're listening, is actually brightened my day slightly. So I'm glad that Ryan got to answer that question. <laughs> um, Liam, Greg, just for the hypothetical, is there any non-football, like let's go full on Ted Lasso, um, is there any non-football coaches that you would give a shot over the likes of Lee Johnson? All right, we'll take yeah. that as a no by the, by the sounds of it. I I think I do think there's a good thing in there. I don't, like footballs for a long time had this kind of snobbery about not really being able to learn from other sports because it's, football is so um so widely followed. And I do think there are things and bits that you can take from other sports um that you can you can learn from. I wouldn't go as far as uh, getting another coach in from another sport though because uh, I think that's a very silly thing to do. So did sorry. Come in there. Did Southampton not do that years ago? Uh, Clive England Woodward. Uh, uh, Clive Woodward was a consultant for Southampton for for a wee while. Um, uh, it was quite a long time ago, so it's nothing to do with the relegation this season. But I don't think it lasted very long. It didn't mm. really work out. But it's the Scotland rugby coach uh, Gregor Townsend's on record as saying he's spent loads of time with coaches from football when he learns from all the time. I think he spent quite a bit of time with Pep Guardiola when he was at. Um, Bayern Munich and maybe Man City um, and, and some other coaches. So I think other sports do try and take wee bits and pieces from it, but I think in the coaching thing, I, I think as much of the game is about man management as is about the kind of tactical news. So there's probably man managers in the world of even outside of sports that you could take a wee bit from and learn from. Um, I think man management in, in any walk of life is, 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 is massively important, knowing how to, to get the best out of people, which is ultimately what a football manager's job is. Yeah. I put it better myself, literally. Um, but yeah, thank you for that look. Um, and then moving on, we're kind of going to kind of look at the player performances. There's a couple of players that people um, have been throwing under the bus, one of which we've kind of laboured our opinions on. So we'll mention the questions, but we won't go into too much detail because we don't want to be repeating ourselves. But there's one person we've not really discussed much um, who's kind of got a lot of the fan base riled up and it's a certain goalkeeper called David Marshall. And so Mike Heidi Trucker said, Marshall has cost us time and time again. I thought he was the answer at first. Great with the ball at his feet, great distribution and a seasoned shot stopper. Alas, has been the victim of a, a body snatcher. His distribution now makes Yodel look professional. Uh, I approve of the Yodel reference. They're not very good. Um, but guys, talk to me about David Marshall. Uh, Ryan, for the first goal, it's, it's just not acceptable, is it? No, completely unacceptable. And from Tavernier's view, what he's looking at, he's got a very small uh, bit of the goal to hit. Fair play, I mean, he hits it. But David Marshall's trying to be a bit clever there and anticipate a cross, makes a step too early. And then, as you see in the replays, he just doesn't move his feet quick enough to get there. And he still manages to get two hands on it, but his hands must be made of Weetabix, man. Because if you're getting two hands on it, it stays at the net. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just isn't acceptable for me. Um, I, I must say, I do take a bit of the blame because I said to Craig as soon as the free kick was given, like literally as it would be taken, I was like, mind that time Charlie Adams started scoring free kicks from that angle. And then next thing you know, it went in the back of the net. I was like, oh, Harry, what have you done there, mate? Oh, no. Um, but so bad. Craig, you probably had the, you had, you definitely had the closest view of any of the three of us. Mm. In, in real time, did you realise how bad it was? Uh, you can see pretty, pretty quickly how bad it was. Um absolutely incredible that a goalkeeper of his experience is making amateur mistakes like that. Um, I don't really know what, what he's thinking. <clears throat> Surely you'd rather keep your, your front post covered, but yeah, going back to Ryan's point, there's absolutely no strength in there. This, and I think he's actually done wait a bit of a disservice there. <laughs> so. Um, nah, it's just, it's just incredibly bad. And good goalies are meant to save you points or win you points. That ours just loses points for us. Um, he actually thought for the third goal he was a bit suspect as well. Um, the Redwood flats went down quicker than than he got down to the ball, and then he's just so slow to react. So Aye. not good enough at, at this level, especially with his experience as well. Yeah, there was a certain pedigree when we brought him in and of late he's definitely not really reached the standards. Um, LJ and Cow did tweet at us saying, Murray Johnson in the next two games, do you think that's a bit of a stretch, Liam, or would you throw in the deep end? 
Um, I probably wouldn't. I'm a big fan of his, but I probably wouldn't be chucking him in for the last two games of the season, to be honest with him, going out on loan to is it Queen of the South? Uh, Queen yeah, of the South next yeah. season. Um, I, I don't think it's the right time for it, personally. I think I think Marshall's been very poor since since the World Cup. I think he was absolutely fine up until the World Cup. But it's even small stuff like somebody's kicking yesterday. Uh, he tried to play a lofted ball probably about halfway through the the first half, which was a th- a thirty yard ball, and it came up short and put us under real pressure. He's not even doing the bits that he was doing right earlier on in the season in terms of the the, the kicking. Never mind all the kind of egregious errors he's making um, in games. I. I I've been really reluctant to want to slander Marshall because I just thought it was a really, really good signing in the summer, but I think it's becoming evidently clear that he's probably done. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're spot on with the distribution because I think at the start of the season when the ball was played back to him, even if there was players pressure, we wouldn't really be too worried. Um, but now every single time it's kind of like back to the Marciano and Macy days of cringing every single time the ball goes near the keeper. It's not ideal. Um, but we've got a good old rant from Michael McCurdy he was at the game with me on sa- Sunday sorry and he wasn't a particularly happy chappy like myself but he said do we have an attitude problem at the club when it comes to playing the old firm in my opinion Rangers were well off it yesterday and they were there to be got at but our play fell far short of where it needed to be no urgency or intensity on our side and heads went down as soon as they scored the first haven't looked up for it against the old firm this season barring the 2-2 at the start of the season bear in mind that was against nine men just strange that we've looked really committed and hungry against the likes of Hearts and Aberdeen of late. Could have been a dead rubber yesterday going off the performance. Um, I, th- I think he's made a very valid point. I've, I've mentioned in the group chat, I thought attitude was a major problem. Um, I know Lee Johnson's kind of lauded in the media that we're going to go into these games and struggle against the old firm. Personally, I don't think that's the type of thing you want to hear your manager say before big games. Um, but as soon as they scored, it was literally... Uh, I felt like we were looking to kind of damage limitation as opposed to take the game to them. I think we were actually pretty good for the first maybe 20 minutes. And as soon as they started pressuring us at a certain point, I just think we completely fizzled away. Um, Greg, I'm not, I don't think I'm coming to you for a first point yet. What What do you think of what Michael said there? Do you think there is an attitude problem when we play against the Celtic and Rangers? I don't know if it's an attitude problem, but I feel like the manager's given the excuse before we even go out. Um, I thought we're weak as piss yesterday for pretty much a full game other than a couple of spells but it's not good enough and under Lennon was probably the last manager that we actually looked up for playing the old firm every time Um, it's just disappointing that our manager can't or even our players can't get themselves up for playing the old firm Uh, there's absolutely no no reason why we can't go out and get points off them they're absolutely scudded off Celtic this season Um. We've done slightly better against Rangers, but still not beat them. Um, so it's not good enough. And, and to be honest, the players also need to take responsibility because I thought Kevin Nisbet's attitude just was stinking to the last. Um, looked like a man who was on his way out anyway, so wasn't really bothered. Blame yourself, anything to add on that one? Um, Ryan, one, one thing from Mason Forrest he said is that we're not confident about winning games because of the manager or is it because we're used to this from Hibs and are so reactive and we want to be doing much better so like in essence of the Hibs fans got themselves overhyped for a game that we're inevitably going to lose anyway I think it's natural as a football fan when you follow your club that you, you know you're going to hope and wish for the best when you, when you go to the games I mean we wouldn't be football fans otherwise would we but I am um, I think it has probably come to the point where we kind of expect Hibs to let us down somewhere along the line and it's just it's the next letdown and a long long list still to come probably so yeah I mean it's it's massively disappointing again we didn't listen if they're a better technical side than us fair enough but we can beat them on the physicality aspect we can outwork them we can press them you know we can leave a bit on them effort will be ability every day of the week as long as you're willing to put the work in man for man and and we didn't even attempt that so that's probably what the most disappointing thing is yeah fair um, and then I, I feel that the mood's dipped slightly boys and we've got a few rogue questions so we'll go to one of them next try and lift us up a bit so Archie Meldrum simply asked what's your top three favourite Netflix series so it doesn't have to be like Netflix exclusives it just has to be net series that have been on Netflix Um and anybody want to go first? So off the top of my head, I think that um, Orange is New Black would definitely be a mine. I've watched that from start to finish, thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Liam's already not enjoying my list. Fantastic news. They'll all um, be American, all to you. I mean, guarantee it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what was it? I had another one off the top of my head I was going to name. Boy, but I loves was... American culture. Like. Oh, I do. Always, well, sunny in, always sunny in Philadelphia. Guaranteed. I, I wasn't actually going to add that one, but now that um, just to spite you, Liam, I'm definitely adding that to my list. Um, I had another one that I thought of earlier when I saw the question, but I can't think. But Liam, um, you're a man of good culture. What what Netflix series are have you got? You try to butter me up there after I went for you. <laughs> um, are, we, are we including The Last Dance as a series? Because I think it's hands down the best sports documentary possible and the best documentaries ever made. Um, Netflix. I, I, I struggle to decipher what's on Netflix and what's on other things. Um, just just give another two series that probably would have been on Netflix at one time or another. Oh, mate. People Just Do Nothing is, is top drawer, mm. like... I uh, enjoy people just doing nothing, and I'll just say that it's fucking beige because I can't think of anything else. But the UK office is is the goal. Like that's good. And afterlife, afterlife. Yeah, the UK office is so cringe, but it is incredible. Like cringe, not like you know what I mean. Like it makes you cringe as opposed to it as a cringy thing. Um, Greg, uh, TV shows for you. Um, I was going to say afterlife. Um, also think Derek is pretty good. Oh yeah. Um. White gold, very good. And I actually really like Narcos, although it did sort of drag on a bit at the end, but very, very good. Ryan, any, anything different to spice it up? Does it have to be Netflix exclusive or you, can you, I go off the grid? Off off the grid if you want, Ryan. Whatever you want, my man. The Sopranos. Sod. Sons of Anarchy. Definitely not net. The Sun Fire okay, I think it's just Netflix. fucking things that haven't even been on Netflix at all. Never mean Netflix exclusive. Just fucking yeah. just name well, any series. That wasn't yeah. the question. Mate, yeah. I shouldn't. I I don't watch it. I'm not going to say what I watch it on, right? But I can't see when it's all in the one the one folder. You can't. You don't know what's on what. So and then Breaking Breaking Bad. Ooh. I think that was on Netflix, though, was it not? It was I. I might get another head shake from Liam, but I've remembered that. I really like Stranger Things. I think it's a very good show. Um, you like what? Stranger Things. I think it's magic. Stranger Things, not Stranger Things. Anyway, stranger, um, behave yourself. How about that? If, any, um, if anyone wants a, another good series that isn't on Netflix, I would highly recommend Chernobyl on Prime. It is uh, unreal. Uh, well, top it's class. probably one of the best things I've ever watched. Top class, mate. Aye. Yeah. Top class. Where do you all stand on The Wire? I've not seen mm. it, but I had a colleague who's now left my job, but he used to swear by it. It was like his favourite show. He said it was the best show ever. It's good. Slow burner, but uh, it's good. I've heard good things. I've actually indulged myself, but I've heard good things. It's just finished, but um, Guilt on BBC iPlayer. Very, very Guilt's good. good. Uh, uh, very, very, very good. Really yeah. enjoyed that. I'm actually really enjoying an Australian comedy on BBC now called Colin from Accounts. It's, it's kind of... <laughs> It's not really the office. It's kind of like really sort of weird Australian humour, but it's quite good. Just so that all the references in this aren't American. Was it Angry Boys? Was that the show, the Australian show, the funny one that was out years ago? Is that what was, was it Angry Boys? Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll find a clip. You'll, you'll 100% recognise it. Um, but yes, now that we've lifted the mood, let's smash it back down by going back to Hibs. Amazing. Um, but Greavesy had a bit of a rant to go on. Um, and he said, is the number 14 an unlucky number for Hibs players? The last good player was Boozy. Before that, Mixo in his second spell. And then since then, we've had Chris Muller, James Collins, Joe Keenan. For example, he said, all pish. Jago might be the worst player I've ever seen at Hibs, certainly in the top three. Is it just me or am I expecting the one area of the pitch Johnson should get right is centre mid, having played the position his entire career? Massively concerned if he thinks Jago is the level we require. Um, that was a player that I said that we've kind of nailed ourselves to the mast on our opinions of, and I don't think we need to labour them again. Um, but Wilson um, also put, whoever overseen the signing of Jimmy Jago should receive an OBE. Even Shelton Martis had more technical ability than that utter not-so-nice term. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we've had a couple of people not too happy with Jago's performances. Um, so, yeah, that that is what it is. As, as I say, I, I think... We, we've all kind of went in detail on how we feel about Jago. We don't have anything against him as a person, but as a footballer, we don't think he's particularly good. Um, and we'll leave it at that. If you do want our opinions, they'll definitely be all over our own Twitter timeline, so you can look there. <laughs> uh, unless anybody wants to chime in anything quickly, but nah, it's, it's not worth it. Okay. Um, um, yeah, but, but there is this myth that all the midfield players need to be limited. That's just wrong. 
um, and incorrect. But yeah, plenty of people um, rate them, so I'm, I'm glad they, they enjoy that match the experience watching Jimmy Jago. But he's not for me. Yeah, and if your best attribute is other players playing better, not anything oh. to do with yourself, then yeah, that doesn't really make you a good player. Um, but moving on, because we don't want to give our opinions too much because some people might get sad. Um, Kaiser Sozzi said, can completely write off getting anything from the last two games. No chance. Thank you for that positivity. <laughs> uh, Ray Mondo said, at 1-0, we were in it despite not playing particularly well. Arguably had the better chances. As soon as we went 2-0 down, you'd be hard pushed to work out if we were playing for th top three or four or in a dead rubber bottom six game. That's obviously a concern. So I think that's very fair. But one thing I'll say is I felt even the atmosphere was a bit strange. I think, I, I don't know if it was the type of game, I don't know if it because there wasn't really time to drink before it because it was a Sunday early kickoff. But I just feel that normally when we go to Easter Road and it's against Rangers, I just feel like the fans normally get really up for it. But I didn't get that vibe yesterday. It just felt so I flat. I don't know if you big, guys got the same vibe. Big problem, I think, was the issues with East Stand and people getting into the ground maybe. 15, 20 minutes into the game, probably already fucking pissed off that they'd waited on a, an absolutely ridiculous queue that the club didn't communicate was going to be. Um, every single person was going to be processed and searched. Uh, it was interesting as well. They had two male uh, people searching for coming at the East Stand and two female, and they were only searching male and female people, each of them, which is a very interesting tactic because I would sitting in the stand for quite a while and I can pretty much tell you hand on heart that 50% of the people that come in the stand are not female um, so very very interesting but I think that had an impact yesterday because I think people were, were, were rightly quite pissed off um, and they arrived in their seats late and to be honest I, I felt like the first 30-35 minutes I felt, I felt like the team gave us something to get behind I thought we started quite well so um I thought that's what I kind of put it down to. Because we've had plenty of other 12 o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday or Sunday where the atmosphere's been a lot better than that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, just before anybody else chimes in, I think I've seen a few times on Twitter opposition fans complaining that the stewarding getting in. I'm not sure if it's anything that the club have like dealings with, but I think it's definitely something that needs sorted. Um, and as a club, we should be putting a statement out um, or doing something like working with Police Scotland to try and rectify that. It's not acceptable that fans are kind of shepherded in like sheep like that it's just uncomfortable and it's unsafe we've seen a lot of things with overcrowding or putting fans in tight situations that have ended in disaster before and obviously it's something that we don't ever want to happen near our stadium so hopefully and um, the club can get on top of that because as liam said it's just frankly not acceptable um but yeah can i was, just come in there harry yeah, of course I just come in there sorry um Going on what Liam says, it's interesting that every every single person got searched yet there was still a firework display in the away end. Very yeah. interesting. And, yeah. and they moan about the level of security that follows them. They wonder why. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. But you know what, since we're on the topic of Rangers now, um, Dave Graham sent in one word. Greg, we'll come to you first. Dave Graham said, sectarianism. Discuss. Um, yeah, the whole songbook. And more was out yesterday. Um, find it very odd. Um, some of their players are Catholics, but that doesn't stop them singing their songs. Um, very strange mentality. Um, I suppose it's it's just what it's been like for years. So nothing's going to change it now. But yeah, certainly, police Scotland won't be doing anything about it because we've not done anything about it for fifty odd years. So. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And then um Kirby Nisbet asked, while I casually enjoyed a double espresso and baklava bun and twelve triangles on Easter Road at around eleven AM, Rangers fans sang about Michael Beale hating not so nice word beginning with F um about Catholics. If I can't summon similar bile on a Sunday morning, am I accepting mediocrity? Liam, is he accepting mediocrity by not being that hateful at eleven o'clock on a Sunday morning? I can't help but feel that's a bit of a dig at me, that question for John, because I was talking about standards and stuff with fans <laughs> the other day and one of the backs. I think he's trying to be, I think he's trying to have a cheeky dig at me there. All I would say back to John is uh, he's obviously getting paid too much if he can afford a double espresso and a baklava bun for 12 triangles, because I've been in that place. It's about 12 quid for a loaf of bread, man. Gentrification <laughs> gone fucking mad, that place. 
Oh, Jesus. Um, and then, Ryan, uh, we got a question sent in from Instagram. Very exciting times. Callum Stobie, um, he said, keeper situation, would you sign a new one? And if yes, who? So, Ryan, would you sign a new keeper in the summer? And have you got anybody on your list that you'd be looking to shop? I would definitely sign a keeper in the summer. And I think all of us are in agreement that uh, Benjamin Seagrass would be quite a good target. Um, if he was in our price range and if he was interested in playing regular football, because he's not, he's not been anywhere near it at Celtic, I think he would be a, a solid acquisition, given that he's got plenty of experience in the league. No, no qualms from me, I think that was well put. Uh, Greg, anybody down south that used to play in Scotland but now plays quite well in England that you would uh, bring back up? <laughs> Liam north? Lindsay, playing goals. <laughs> Liam Lindsay, playing goals. Uh, nah, um, I'm all over Seagrass, like, he's got a very good... A very good signing if we can get him, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Liam Semple, any anybody niche? Mark Berigiti. Oh, <laughs> oh, that compilation, by the way. Oh no. Oh, that was horrific, oh, wasn't no. it? She not still got a better save percentage than our goalie. Though. It does ten percent yeah. higher than Marshall. So, so let's not Baby let's not slag people. anyone. <laughs> Aye, goodness. Um. Did you, sorry for going off topic, did you say David De Gea got the Golden Glove in the Premier League? Uh, most clean sheets. As, oh, as, oh, I thought that was it's like a... complete, uh, It's completely objective, like you said, the most clean sheets. It's not the best keeper in the league, I don't think anyone would claim that, but um, defensively they have been quite good, so he probably probably deserves it. Uh, fair. Um, but yeah, all right, well that tangent was wasted. Good job, Harry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that was kind of the... Wait, oh, we got one more question about um, a player from yesterday. Chris Kidd said, does you and realise there are teammates on the park and sometimes you actually have to run have to run for a 50-50 ball instead of pulling up? Um, so I think in that sense, one, is Ellie you and a selfish player? And two... Um, has he ever lazy when it comes to chasing down the ball? I actually thought that he would. I, I thought, especially the first half, I think we can all be in agreement that he was pretty good, especially on the ball. Um, I think his decision making lets him down at times. I think it's fair to say. Um, but was there any 50 50 balls he pulled out of off top of your guy's head? No, I can't think of any. I can't think of any. And yet, would, would you say he's a selfish player? Um, has he not got the most assists at the club this season? Sorry, Chris, for completely dismantling your question. I'm not intending to be rude, um, but I, I just, I think he's got our, our most assists, if I'm not mistaken. Do, do, you know, do you know what, Harry? I want him to be selfish at times. And I was saying this to Liam on Sunday when I was watching the game. There was times when he had the ball out in the wing and Stevenson was making runs past him, which is fair enough, it's his job, but I want Stevenson to stay away from him and leave him one-on-one -on -one with his marker and run at him all day. Mm. That's what I want I him think to do. I do think if I was going to critique anything at Yuan's performance, I think if he's going to make the decision to go down the line, which he does do sometimes because he's got the ability to mix it up, he needs to do that a bit earlier. Because a couple of times, particularly in the first half, he he went, he decided to go down the line, but he did it too late. And just always having here to use the the byline as an extra defender and effectively just shove him out the play. Um, I think if you're going to go down the line, you need to make that call and then try and get it back onto your right foot. I do like that he can do both, though, cut inside and go down the line. And I think he does pass the ball. Um, there are a couple of instances where I think he really should have done better yesterday. But I think all in all, he's still still probably our biggest threat on the pitch. So you can call it, you can criticise him as much as you like. But if I'm being honest, did anyone other than him really like doing anything yesterday? No. Not for my uh, money, anyway. I, um, yeah. I actually quite like that he's a bit more selfish. Or maybe holds on the ball a bit longer. He obviously trusts his own ability, he's confident, so I'd much rather my winger was try to show a bit of ability and try to beat players and maybe not quite come off than knocking it back to the, the full-back and then drifting further out wide and sort of hiding out there. So he never hides and, and he'll always try and, and beat his man, but gets fans up off their seats, you know what I mean? Well, you want your winger to be doing that and, and look, next season you'll have him on one wing and, and Boyle on the other, so... We're going to moan about that as well. That Boyle's been too greedy with it. Like you've got two wingers there that that are very effective and, and taking players on. So no, I think I'm okay with how you are placed. Like that, <clears throat> he trusts himself. So uh, there's nothing worse than football than a winger knocking the ball back to the field. Oh, mate. It's the worst it thing. My in head and then, do you know what? I'd rather he carried the ball and tried to do a bit than just sort of knock it off here and there. Like, nah, Absolutely. he's trying to carry the ball, he's trying to get things going. So, like, people will never be happy, you know. Like, uh, if the winger's doing that and losing the ball, they'll be happy. And if they're not doing that, 
they'll not be happy. So it's tough. Football's a tough game, and you sit and watch it and think uh, I could do that or whatever. But uh, I'm okay with I'm okay with the way that you are, please. I think I can count on one hand the number of times I saw Ivan Sproul pass the ball back inside and his two spells at Hibs. Like you want your winger really to 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 try and isolate the full back and try and make something happen. I th- I think safe wingers are boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather he lost the ball in in the final third than he done it in the edges on box. So I just think trust him, let him run with it. He's a skillful player as well. He's got a bit in the locker. So. Well, moving on to a different position, and this is a more fun question again, but Jake Gapper said, remember when keepers caught the ball instead of wanting to punch it all the time? Those were the days, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think, though, for the most part, keepers do tend to punch before catching these days. I know that if you try and catch it in theory, it means there's more of a chance of fumbling it into the middle of the box, but it's so much better to actually get your team up the pitch if you can catch it and then just launch it forward, you know? But I feel that the first instinct is just punch. I think the goalkeeper doesn't come for crosses anyway. So was that generally Marshall doesn't come for crosses. So it makes no odds. No, no goalkeeper position's totally different now. I think it's been overcomplicated with certain things, and it seems to be a massive emphasis on your goalkeeper being good with his feet. I think me and Liam also spoke about this. Um, for me, that's not the be all and end all. Listen, it's a bonus if you have a keeper that can ping it about. But I want my goalie to save the ball first and foremost. I don't give a shit if he's good with his feet or not. And that wasn't my problem with Macy. My problem with Macy was he didn't come for cross balls. On you go, G. I'm pretty sure Hibs have had the third worst shots on target against. But every time it's a shot on target, it's like a goal. So I'm not really asked what Marshall can do with his feet. Distribution's a bonus, but see for me, do, do the basics first, your job's there to save the ball. We're not doing that but he can kick it however far, like no arse. It's like Jordan Pickford, the exact same. He's not a good goalie, but he can kick the ball far, so people rave about him. But <laughs> Other than the man, my man Roy Keane, who uh, isn't having him at all. But... Didn't like goalies or Roy Keane, generally speaking, did he? <laughs> he wasn't a huge fan, but yeah, I just think uh, the way to save the ball, if they, if they could... Pass the ball, they'd be playing in the centre of the park. So He speaks quite glowingly about Craig Gordon when he spoke right Keen, but major segue. I, I, I was surprised, given how injury-prone he was when he was at Sunderland. He was very complimentary yeah. Craig Gordon. I was I was taken aback by that. Was it Keen that signed up? Aye. Ah, right. Uh. <clears throat> was it not a fair bob they paid for him as well? Nine million or something. That's mental. Right. I had nine million in my a, head. That's crazy. It was a record for a keeper at the time, a British, British record. Oh. I'm sure, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was at that point, yeah. Nine million's not in these days, though. Yeah, bennies. Um, But the next two questions, relatively similar. Uh, we'll go for Daniel McKenzie, who made a statement, not a question. Uh, shout out to the Falkirk chairman, or owner, whoever it was that said that. Um, but Daniel McKenzie said, no fight in the team today. Hibs always have a bit of dig and bite against them, but none today. Um, could easily chase seven or eight players in this squad for a start. McCurdy, Henderson, Chabria, Miller, Jago, Jair and Marshall for a number of blunders, and those are just for a start. On the flip side, um, Lindsay Gibson said, ignoring possibilities of transfers in or out, how many of that starting team today would you be happy to be in the starting team for the first game of next season? Um, they went first with four, and that being Fish, Newell, Yuan and Nisbet. So the players that started uh, yesterday, um, who would you be like happy to see start game number one of the league season next season? I'd be happy with six, content with seven. Do you want to number them and then we can all base ours? I don't. Off I don't want to. I don't really want to dig. Like I, I guess pretty <laughs> obvious who the players are based on our opinions of them. But I think I think I'd be happy with six, and that would be including keeping a couple of the loans who I don't think will be here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fair. I think missing from their last year now. Okay. Fair. 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 Okay. I think it's uh, quite obvious. You, you yeah. can do the maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll let you make the joke. Um, Ali <coughs> Gare um, said, should we be more concerned that we have blown 60% of our budget on Yuan or more concerned how far away we are from a decent squad? Do we need a ball-playing midfielder? Why is Josh Campbell's first touch so bad? All right, so we started on transfer, transfer, Josh Campbell's first touch is so bad. So let's start there. Ryan, why is Josh Campbell's touch so bad? Because it's a trampoline he's got in the end of his leg. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know, man. I had a rotten first touch as a footballer as well. That's why I played at centre half. So maybe they should try him there. Oh, I was, I was hoping that you'd say you were an Al or Brian. You were just really quick, so you'd try and make up for it. But oh, not Christ, just I was clumsy. I was slower than a week in the jail, and I've seen milk <laughs> turn quicker. But I tell you, I could tether it sixty yards. All right. Nice. Yeah. Now my my playing days, I was either centre back and try and kick the ball very hard, very far, or. Uh, striker and just hope the ball bounces off me in the right direction. I was not very good at football, if I'm being honest. Um, but Greg, what do you think of the concept of us blowing sixty percent of our budget on Yuan? That's not anything I've heard of until I seen that tweet. Do you think there's substance to I that? He, I think he's made that up. <laughs> um, there's no yeah. chance of sixty percent of our budget. By the way, absolutely no danger. Yeah, no, no chance at all because nobody would allow that to happen if we were to blow six I mean people come up with all these figures about how much Yuan's cost but nobody actually knows but that doesn't stop people having a, a good old guesstimate of how much it costs but yeah what are we going to start a, a campaign of hate against Yuan because he's taking up 60% of our budget how dare he I think it's nonsense to be honest also do you think but, Brian McDermott is going to come in and operate in a recruitment uh, position when 60% of the budget's already been spent without him being in position? I don't think so. Ryan, 20% of the budget was spent on bringing him in? <laughs> so he's only got 20 left? Jesus, he might, sign me, he might sign me and Greg and Liam by the end of the podcast, if that's the case. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm well, Let's be honest, but um, nah. Uh, yeah, he's not. Ryan to be on the bench with the two others starting at seven and a half, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Christ. I'll leave the boots in the cupboard, yeah. I think. Why would they pass his medical? Too many injuries. <laughs> <laughs> me and would Dodge they get be, to the medical? Me and Dodge would have goals each defending corners whilst being up front. It'd be incredible. Um, <laughs> but Liam, you, you commented that you'd be happy with seven players potentially that started yesterday starting next first game of next season. Um, how far away would you say we are from a decent squad? Do you think it is a massive rebuild we need, or do you think that if we get four or five really solid players, that we're actually not that far off? I tweeted. I tweeted this last night. I do. I think we need to move ten or twelve players on that are under contract uh, that realistically are not going to feature enough for us to be to be impactful squad players. I think it's as much about getting those players out as it is about bringing new ones in. Um, but the new ones that we bring in have to be starting caliber players. I think we need to see a sign a minimum really of four starters, but 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 you know, ideally another couple of guys who are ready to challenge. Um, I think it's a, like I said before, it's a spine. We need a goalkeeper, we need a centre half, we need a centre midfielder, and we need a striker. And I do think we could do with some players in the wide areas as well. So it's a it's a matter <laughs> It's literally every every pitch on the, every person on the Sabitio pitch needs signed. Um, I, 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 the only summer we've not really needed a massive rebuild was after the season when we finished third, where we didn't need a rebuild and we got that catastrophically wrong as catastrophically wrong as well. Um, so I do think for me, yeah, we we need a we need we need a big we we, we need to have a massive summer window. It's, it, it, every summer window is important. But I think this one more so, more so than last year, just because our recruitment has been pretty poor. And like I said earlier, our best players are coming to the end of their peak years. Yeah. Not the best situation to be in. Um, but to answer the last question Ali had there, do we need a ball playing midfielder? Yes. Um, and bring back Heidi's bounce. Um, asked, how do we bridge the gap Hearts and Aberdeen with millions less in the pot, what's our modern day identity defined by? Where has the soul of Easter Road disappeared to from the Lenny years? Do I accept as I get older, third is the best we will ever do? Why are the young team trying to be Celtic? Um, I don't know if it was bring back Ivy's Burns last time that attacked me with several questions, but they've done it this time. And um, so, as <laughs> always, let's hand out a question each. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. You laughed first. Um, how do we bridge the gap, Hearts and Aberdeen, with millions less in the pot? So, essentially, how how do we catch Aberdeen if they if they get a lot more money than us through Europe um, that we're not getting? 
So I think that's the kind of gap that's probably bridgeable through better recruitment. I mean, if you look larger scale at what Brighton have done in the last two or three years in terms of just recruiting properly on smaller budgets, even Brentford have done it and getting close to the teams round about them with massive budgets. Um, I don't think that would work in terms of catching Rangers and Celtic because they would always pip you to these kind of players if if they were of the quality that could play for them. But, you know, that's that's where I would start with first and foremost, proper recruitment, make sure it's the right person, bring them in, there we go. Perfect, then let's hope that Brian McDermott is that man. Um, yeah. And then, Greg, what's our modern-day identity defined by? In terms of what football identity? or That's all the question I've got, so it's open to your interpretation, my friend. Um, football identity... I really don't know. Um, we play some some decent stuff at times, but other stuff, other other times, I couldn't tell you what Lee Jones was trying to do. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. Without more context, that's all I can really say. Yeah. Um. And then Liam, where had the soul of Easter Road disappeared to from the Lenny years? I think there's been a bit of. I think there's been a bit of lethargy just generally. Probably not just since the Lennon years, but probably since the since the, the Cup win in 2016. I think we attracted more fans off the back of that. And I think we've seen some some of those fans maybe their interest has dwindled. They're doing other things. Um, I, do, I do think that you know we have seen a sort of what's felt to me like a pretty steady decline. Um, I think unfortunately a lot of that is in part down to the club maybe not winning some of the so-called big games. Particularly Easter Road, I think, is 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 not helped in in, in recent times. Um, I don't know if I feel like the soul's gone though. That, that feels a bit dramatic from my perspective. I'm not saying the, the listener's been dramatic, but I just think from my perspective, it feels a bit different. I do, I do, yeah. I I I still very much feel like the soul of the club's there. I still have, have a bit of confidence, more confidence than maybe I had six months ago that we're headed in the right direction. But ultimately, time will tell whether or not that sort of confidence is a false sense of confidence or it's right. Yeah. Um, and then kind of to anybody that wants to answer it, do I accept as I get older, third best is the best we'll ever do? Or sorry, do I accept as I get older, third is the best we'll ever do? In my opinion, with the current state of Scottish football, I think that third is realistically what we can aim for. I don't think that's a forever thing, but I think unless there's major changes in Scottish football, just financially being realistic, I think third is the best we can do. I, I'm not happy with that situation. Um, and of course, we should always be aiming to, like at the start of every league season, everybody's on zero points. We should be aiming to win the league. It's of course an unrealistic aim if we're being completely serious with ourselves. Um, but realistically, if we finish third, we should be happy with that season as far as I'm concerned for the foreseeable future. Best of the rest. Hey. Yeah. Were you just, as just as a last question there. I picked up on. Is there any context around that, around the young team trying to? Oh be no, Celtic? I had a funny answer for that. So um, he said, oh, "Why sorry. are the young team trying to be Celtic?" And I was going to say because Lee Johnson told Block Seven to ask the Green Brigade what they're eating for their breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is there any relevance to that? Like, is um, I, I think there's a chance, probably, or just because um, I know I think that it's you probably said implying um, that there's been a lot, there's been a higher percentage of um, tricolours being brought to the ground. In my opinion, Hibs, obviously Hibernian, um, is named after Hibernia, the Isle of Ireland. and um, We've got Irish roots from our founders. I've no problem at all with people bringing tricolours to games. I would like to see more saltires as well, and I'd like to see less Green Union Jacks. Um, if I could clean up the club from my perspective in terms of the fan base. Um, there was some song sung yesterday that I just, I, I, I don't think we should really be singing um there was a lot of stare references and stuff i just think that when they're singing their sectarian bio you kind of lose the upper um moral standing if you start singing about when their fans passed away so um i think that's probably what he's implying by saying why are the young team trying to be celtic um but yeah and any <laughs> if we're trying to be like celtic on the pitch i don't think we'd mind too much to be honest get some angie close to call ball at easter road to be fair i hope that um i hope the celtic have another off day because they seem to have a couple of them since we've won a league tomorrow uh, on Wednesday but yeah no no luck it'll be it'll be the opposite they'll, they'll start kicking on again so <laughs> difficult 
Um, but yeah, any other comments on Hibs trying to be Celtic? Is that a thing? No. Okay. Really you got to remember I really, this. I really don't think so because if you actually look back, Celtic are trying to be like Hibs. So. I, I, I do think it, it does sort of make me laugh that people that people say that because you can't have a certain. Seems like you can't have a certain um, mindset or a political viewpoint. And if you do, then you try to be like a, you try to be like a, a club in Scotland. So yeah, it does make me chuckle a little bit. But yeah, I suppose it's still it's an opinion in it. Um. Well, guys, we've got we've got two fan questions left, and it's from people that ask <coughs> questions on a regular. So shout out to Big Jack Kell and Josh Mac, uh, Josh, uh, John McIntosh. It's it's genuinely fantastic to get the questions in every week. So I wanted to give a special shout out, which has probably made the boys cringe, and um, before we actually cracked on with their questions. Um. So Jack first, because of course we know what we're ending on. Um. But Jack Kell asked, I know a lot of people are critical of some of the players I'll bring up, but surely McCurdy, Miller, and JDH have to start against Celtic. I know we've kind of not being particularly in the same stratosphere as the McCurdy bandwagon, but I do actually think that in terms of what you were saying about Yuan being direct and stuff, I think that in fairness to McCurdy um, and his limited touches of the ball, I do think he was pretty direct. I think him and Henderson, despite Henderson not looking too great at times, I think they linked up pretty well with a few nice one-twos, and I think that McCurdy um, does have the ability to take on players. I just think his final... Um, output following that just hasn't been particularly great um would you guys want to see mccurdy miller or jdh start on wednesday miller and jdh as as discussed earlier don't mind it changes for me i don't think mccurdy should be starting i don't think he doesn't deserve it and just because i mean i'm absolutely okay with cadden on one wing and you on the other i think that's that's a sensible way to go. They've been they've been playing well. Miller at right back. I think the team for Wednesday should really pick itself. He's going to put on a place in the team. McCurdy, one of these substitute appearances, because he's made a lot of them, but not really done anything in them. I know you said they look bright and busy, but you could say he's looked bright and busy in every single one of his sub-appearances. I think he has to earn it, and he hasn't earned it yet. Yeah, the... Just 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 throwing it out there, it's not, not saying necessarily McCurdy should be the one. Um, but if you think there is an attitude problem with Kevin Nisbet and you think he's essentially signed himself out, um, I, I think it's fair to say he's our best striker at the moment. Would you definitely start him? Or would there be any scope to starting someone else that might be at the club next season that will actually put full effort into the game? Nah, you need your best players playing play Kevin Nisbet. Um, um, I know he was maybe a bit petulant yesterday, but Still, I'm, I'm not buying in that he's not putting in effort. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's hot and cold. Like He's huffed at various points in his career at Hibs, irrespective of the speculation. So, yeah, listen, he might turn up on Wednesday, he's that kind of player. Um, and then Jack Hill also asked if you could see any artist or band live, dead or live, and um, so someone that might be dead at this point, um, who would it be? They Jack said, I think I'd personally go with Prince. I'm I'm gonna go for a I don't know if it's a curveball, um, but just for the sheer performance, they're not really one of my favorite bands. But I would love to see Queen just because Freddie Mercury just seemed absolutely incredible. Like you know some of the clips you see from back in the day, I just think it would be classy in them live. Liam straight with a head shake, Greg Gage and Liam's reaction, then going for the head shake. Ryan looking That's relatively a... impartial. Yeah. <laughs> Usual. <laughs> don't mind it. <laughs> Ryan, we'll come to you next. I know you're a big ABBA fan. Is that who you'd go and see, or have you got anybody else on your agenda? Nah, I'd, I'd go to where it all started. I'd probably go for Beethoven. I really like classical FM, and there's some bangers on there. Like, all right, so we've got Queen, classic FM. Greg, what are you saying to? Um, Drake. I didn't realise we're actually quite a big a big Drake Drake fan for day. He gets mentioned quite often with these questions. Liam, you're especially yourself? from Greg. Oh, hey, I think, I think I think if it's dead or alive, and you've got to choose someone dead to you'd want to see. I've always been a massive fan of Marvin Gaye. I'd love to see Marvin Gaye live. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably one of the best voices. Period. Yeah, heard it through the grapevine is one of the greatest songs of all time. And like it's different. My old man's favourite song, eh? and like oh, it's phenomenal. I was a bit sad when uh, what you got Bill Withers passed away. He was a legend as well. Like, um, and then, I know, oh, I know, I know, I know. Also, if, I know if you wanted a bit more like 
upbeat and getting proper into it, two pack would have been insane, eh? Like I reckon if he, if he was in this era, like his concerts would be literally mental. So is um, it Biggie or two packs then? Like what what where do you? I'm I'm on two packs like myself. Like two pack, not even close. <laughs> I, I would. I'm on. I'm on two packs side in terms of picking a side in the the discussion, but in terms of musically, it's very very close. Like oh. I was I was on TikTok the other day. And I saw um, what you got? Someone put two pack over a Eminem beat, and it was sick. Like it was <laughs> so good. I was like, I I could I could get down with that. Um, but I yeah, think, um, also you better be Luther Vandross, um, John Lennon yeah. as well. I would have liked to have seen seen him. Do like a bit of John Lennon. Yeah. But Jack, Jack, we want to know who would who would you? Oh no, you said Prince. Um, but who else? Who else? Who alive would you? Oh, <laughs> Fuck it, I'm baked, guys. It's far too late in the day. I was on a train for seven hours. If I didn't, if I didn't tell you already. Um, but anyway, John McIntosh to end us off. He first started off with, um, "Does Lee Johnson ever shut up?" Ryan, does Lee Johnson ever shut up? I've been going on about this all season. He's like Del Boy for only fools and horses, man. Like full <laughs> of shit. Like take aside all the footballing aspect, he talks a load of shit. Um. I, I don't think you're wrong, to be honest. Um, yes, he, 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 he didn't make very much money in the sponsored silence at school. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say Lee was going to do it for three minutes? Take a tenner. Um, oh, Liam, you seem like you'd have a good answer to this. What do you think Harry McCurdy's having for dinner? Oh, I reckon Harry McCurdy's a fish fingers, potato smileys and uh, alphabet spaghetti kind of guy. <laughs> I reckon he chops up hot dogs and throws them in as well. You know the tinned hot dogs you get? Cuts them up with spaghetti, a bit of tomato sauce on the top, sorted. That's Harry McCurdy. He is a wee bit ill looking at times, eh? Like, <laughs> I, I think it's because he changes his hair with such regularity and it's so bright. He does look a wee bit, I do look a wee bit ill. Looks like he, he, like, he lacks, feed. lacks iron in his diet. Uh, <laughs> There was one point that Tavernier looked at him and shrugged him off the ball. I was like, oh, come on, son. Um, but, lads, let's let's end it with a classic. John McIntosh asked, what's for dinner? I'm, I'm going to go before. I'm going to go first this time because Liam always one-ups me and I'd rather be one-upped after I'm done. Um, on the gusto, boo, because everybody else here seems to hate that. Um, but had a lovely, um, oh, what was it called? A, a tagine. It was a, it was a Moroccan tagine. It was sensational. And there was loads of sauce left as well. So got some bread and whoop, scooped that up. Was, <laughs> was, was good, guys. I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, unfortunately, I, I, you always get two portions and I, I, I shared the portion. So I've not got any more to get. But I'll definitely be ordering that one again. Um, Greg, are, are you cooking or is Elaine on the, on the cooking tonight? Uh, nah, I cooked tonight. I made um, smoked haddock fish cakes, um, broccoli, cauliflower and some vegetable dice. Very nice. Very healthy as well, Greg. I, pre- I appreciate yeah. that, my man. Well, what are you trying to say? Like, That's I'm an East Curry trying... diet right there. Eh? Like, that is proper yeah. fine dining, man. Aye. I was just being approving <laughs> no, of you. Don't take offence to me saying listen, good job for having a healthy meal. No, genuinely, it's class. <laughs> I love that. Smoked really paddock good. is the best fish in the world, especially the yellow, the yellow dyed stuff. <laughs> smoked smoked haddock is the best. I love haddock. Haddock's the best fish, but once you smoke it, oh. Because oh, that, that's another good bread one as well, soaking all that up. Sensational. You know what, Liam? We won't end on you this time. We'll come to you before we go to Ryan. So, Liam, what, what have you had for dinner, having for dinner? Ch- Chicken pad thai, um, it was very, very nice. Chicken pad thai. Um, actually, there's some prawns in it as well. Chicken and prawns, um, very good. Does it count as surf and turf if it's not steak? Mm, don't nah, know. I don't, I don't think, think so. Nah, don't just think chicken so. and prawns. <laughs> I don't really think chickens spend a huge amount of time in the turf, to be honest. Nah, <laughs> Roll kilton. Let's get chickens, maybe. Um, but Ryan, I'm afraid to say you've had three good meals before you. What, what have you went for, my friend? I made a chicken cashew curry tonight, actually. It was very nice. It was lovely. Probably not as uh, extravagant as Greg's fish cakes. Not as tasty, but it was fairly enjoyable. I do enjoy a katsu curry. Katsu curry is an absolute classic. I will give you that. But like there, there we go, John. John, we've had we've had healthy meals. I hope that makes you happy. Um, but we'll we'll end it very quickly. And um, looking ahead to the Celtic game, I don't think we'll do a Celtic review unless it's something miraculous. But I would like us to come back for a derby special because it is the last day of the season. Um, but guys, we hate to do them, especially after we got abysmally wrong at the weekend. But I'm going to ask you for score predictions. Um, Ryan, you're up first. What do you think the score is going to be on Wednesday? 
Uh, one 0 Hibs, but Celtic will beat us four <laughs> 0 um, Liam, uh, if you want to do the same of what's the score going to be and then what's the score actually going to be, feel free. I'll just give you one two two. Two two, nice. I think that was the same. No, no, that was what you said for the Saint Marin game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, Greg, what are you saying? First of all, it's a review, not a review, Harry. Uh, up on that. Um, and I'm going to go nil-nil. <laughs> don't mind it. I would take it. Nil-nil on the red cards, but I don't know what the scoreline is actually going to be. Um, but nah, we'll say nil-nil. Oh, also, just, I don't know why nil-nil reminded me, but one thing that I knew was wrong with the atmosphere, Douglas Ross was there and he hardly got any stick at all. That's unacceptable, Hibs fans. We need to be better. We need to be better. Um, I'll, I'll end us by saying it's going to be an absolute classic. Four uh, 0 Hibs. Uh, <laughs> now nah, I'll I'll go one 0 I'll try and be positive. It'll be a uh, Jimmy Jekyll will accidentally score whilst clearing the ball. Um, it'll be sensational. Um, and boys, that that about that about ends it there. Um, thank you everyone for sending well, over twenty questions this week. Sensational stuff. Um. But thanks so much for everybody. As always, if you make it this far, we are we are amazed, we're astonished. Even when we listen back, I don't think we make it this far. So good on you. Um, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.